from runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 580, One Drive for Business with guest Peter Schmidt, recorded Monday, February 26th, 2018. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. My guest today is Peter Schmidt, who works as a cloud architect and consultant at Globe Team AS in Denmark. His job is to engage people and companies in evaluating and adopting new technologies and help them plan, design, and implement those technologies. Peter has more than 20 years of experience as an infrastructure and cloud architect and consultant, working with Exchange since version 5.0. In the last couple of years, he's been spent working more with cloud computing technologies such as Office 365. Very wise of you, sir, because let's face it, the cloud has taken over mail. His main expertise areas are Microsoft Exchange Server, Office 365, extended deep knowledge of ADFS, AD, PKI, and Skype for Business. He's very active in the community and the founder of the only Danish unified communication user group, Collabora.dk, and he's been awarded the Microsoft MVP since July of 2007. Speaks regularly at technology conferences and user groups throughout his career, and he's got a blog at msdigest.net and tweets as PetSCH. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Were you at the MVP Summit? I was at the MVP Summit, yeah. That's correct. The power of time shifting. We're recording this the week after the MVP Summit, but it'll come out some weeks after that. Yeah. And oddly enough, I didn't see you amongst our 2,000 closest friends. <laughs> that's true. I <laughs> guess there was so many things going on that week, so... Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, the MVP Summit is an absolute sprint. There's so much going on. That is true, yeah. Yeah. I would love to dive into OneDrive for Business with you, but before we could go on that, I'm actually digging out a show from March of last year. This was episode 522, where we talked about OneDrive for Business with Steve Rose, who I believe is one of the team leads on that project. Yeah, product marketing for it. This comment comes from Rod Falanga, who has been a long-time listener and I had to double check because it looks like I've never sent him a tablet show mug, which is shocking because he's one of my regular commenters. So, Rod, at long last, I apologize it's taken this long to send you a mug as such a reliable and popular listener. Rod says, I started listening to this podcast this morning on my commute, and this is a year ago, and I'll finish it later. There's one thing that Stephen brought up that I wanted to ask a question about. He mentioned something about integrating SharePoint teams and OneDrive for business. We have OneDrive for Business where I work, but I was completely unaware that SharePoint and OneDrive for Business played nice with each other. I'm wondering if those who manage our IT are also unaware of it, how do you make them work together? And Steve back then responded to the comment with a a link to a blog post, which I will include in the show notes that talks through this integration. And I think it's very relevant, I imagine, to our conversation as well, Peter, because to me, though, the the secret sauce of OneDrive for Business is this driving files out of email. I have dealt with people who have literally used their mailbox as a file server, that everything they care about is an attachment in an email somewhere. That, that is true, yeah. I guess the main purpose or the goal of OneDrive is to give the, uh, the end users a, a personal drive in the cloud, so to speak. To keep all that stuff up there. 
Yeah, exactly. And the same trick with SharePoint that you can even embed a file into an email and it'll flip it to a link to a SharePoint document so that you you no longer have the actual file there. You're just linking to the thing in SharePoint, which is cool and super smart. That is true. And, and even if, if you kind of move most of your workloads to the Office 365, you get the whole modern attachments experience. So directly in your Outlook, you will get the integration that instead of attaching a file, you will just attach a link directly from, from your own OneDrive exactly. for business. And I like that we're automating that so you don't have to presume discipline on the point of the user. We just take care of it for you. Exactly. It's kind of seamless, uh, almost a seamless experience for the end user. Yeah, I love that. So, Rod, uh, thank you so much for your comment. And thanks for being a longtime listener. Super glad to send you a Run As Radio mug. And if you'd like a Run As Radio mug, write a comment on the website at runasradio.com or via any of our social media. We publish every show to Google+, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And if you comment there and read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. I don't know if I've sent you a mug yet, Peter, because you've been on the show before. Uh, no, you actually haven't. I will fix that. I <laughs> like having my guests having run as radio mugs, too. Makes for great Twitter images. Sounds good. I haven't had that pleasure yet, though, and even though I've been on the show a couple of times. I'll fix that up. The mugs are giant because I like big mugs for my tea, and they come in 11 metro colors. When we built the new website, we literally took the color palette from Metro, and that's why there's 11 different colors. Sounds great. I don't think I've ever seen one of your marks, but uh, uh, I guess I'll have to check your Twitter tweets or something. You will see one soon, sir. It'll be on its way to you. I'll <laughs> send mugs to Denmark. No problem. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. And thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah. So, I've always known you as an exchange guy. And have we sort of hit the key issue on OneDrive for business? Is this whole get my files out of the email? Yeah, you you could say so. I guess with Office 365, I've been involved in several workloads doing migrations. And OneDrive is is just one of them that I tend to work more and more with with my customers. Right. So, yeah, it it seems natural right after exchange. It's often one of the sort of low-hanging fruits that clients seem to take a look at. Exchange is, for some, an easy workload to move to Office 365. And Absolutely. Often OneDrive is, is coming up as a second. Okay, yeah, because mail is absolutely that gateway drug to Office 365. As much as I love my Exchange server, because I love being afraid all the time, moving up to the cloud, is, it's sensible. It just works. A whole class of problems go away. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And when we when we start seeing people both using the exchange and OneDrive, they it, it tends to also be very easy and they they start collaborating with the newer technologies which is only available in Office three sixty five, like the Office three sixty five groups and, and Microsoft Teams and so on, because they get more collaboration tools right. with the Office 365. So It does seem all of the innovation coming from the Office team right now is coming in the cloud product. There's not a lot that's being shipped down to the on-prem stuff. That is true, yeah. And, and that's also why I find the, in this case, OneDrive for Business quite interesting because mm-hmm. the OneDrive team has definitely pushed out a lot of great new features just within the last year or so, especially just since the Ignite in, in fall. Wow. Uh, there has come a, a lot of great new features. And if folks have not used OneDrive for business, aren't they, are they mistaken to just think in terms of this is just my file storage in the cloud? I don't know. It, it probably depends on the approach mm-hmm. because, of course, for, for most people, it 
it is their primary personal home drive. Right. But it's very easy when you start using it to actually collaborate with colleagues or even partners, external people, by just sharing attachments directly in your email, which links directly up to your OneDrive site. Well, that seems to be the challenging part when we talk about file storage in any form, much less in the cloud. How do I share in a secure and reliable way? That might be true. And as I see it, we're one of the benefits with OneDrive for Business, because when you start using it and get familiar with OneDrive for Business, it makes the sharing experience easier, Mm -hmm. especially for the end users, and especially with the newest release. And if you're running the Windows 10 fall greatest update that came out, where you get uh, new features, or at least it, it makes it easier just to right click and share directly within your file explorer interesting and then windows 10 edition you also get the uh, files on demand feature so if you really have a lot of data you don't end up using a whole lot of space as a local cache but you can actually select if you want just some part of it available at any time and Mm -hmm. the rest might be just cache when you actually need it and it automatically starts the uh, the download from your OneDrive side. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's this is uh, from an IT perspective. It's like you want this latest version of Win 10 in your organization because you get all these capabilities. But I love this idea of just making it seamless for the user that, that there's nothing on that machine that isn't also synced somewhere else. No, that, that's definitely, as I see it, mm. one of the major benefits of these sure. cloud storage tools, right? So, um you have sort of a backup by sync to the cloud. And even with OneDrive for Business, you could say you have multiple backups because it's it's doing versioning on your the Office documents as well, besides just syncing your data and basically making it available on, on any device that you want to use. Right. And it just works. You know, you take all of that decision-making from the user. The natural, easiest workflow is to sync with your OneDrive for Business stuff. That is true. And especially... I. I believe the Stephen Rose probably talked a, a lot about the new version because mm. I think Microsoft came out with it a, a little over a year ago. Since then, they really put a lot of effort into the development and new features to the OneDrive. So it's, as I see it, definitely a real staple product as it is now. Yeah, and, and the challenge of having all those different integration points. So over this past year, because we, uh, we haven't talked about OneDrive pretty much since then, Obviously, the, this Win 10 integration, being able to granularize all of that. Any other features that drive you wild? Yeah. When you talk about integration, which we often see with the Office 365, something which might be really new to a lot of folks is, is the Flow app in, in Office 365. Mm-hmm. Especially when I talk to customers, not many people are really aware of what it can give you and what you can do with it. And uh, especially when we talk OneDrive for business and Flow, you mentioned in the beginning something with the handling, let's say the attachments you get in in your email. Right. Even with something like the Flow app, you can set up a flow that takes care of your emails that comes in and sort of takes your attachments, which is in, in the emails you receive, and put them in a certain folder directly in your OneDrive for business. Interesting. So, that I mean, and then lies the most logical question is what happens when I receive an attachment? What do I do about it? Yeah, exactly. So, so if, if you tend to work a, a lot out of like the office or OneDrive for business, and that's where you want 
your documents and your attachments to be right. a flow template like this could maybe just enhance your workflow, basically. Nice. And so is this something that for me as an administrator, I would push out to my users to say, this is the automation every time you get an email in? I must admit, I haven't worked that much with Flow yet. Right. I'm kind of a, a newbie on the Flow side as well. But mm-hmm. as much as I've looked into the Flow part, there's a ton of templates in Flow. Right. And one of the features that I talked about here with the f- Flow on taking your attachment from your email, putting it into a OneDrive for Business, that is actually a template which you can just click on and enable nice directly in the office 365 and you can do that as as the user itself because that is your flow the, the way you want right things to work out right so you can tweak and tune it your own way yeah and it's not just microsoft stuff too because it supports dropbox and Wonderlist and a bunch of other third-party tools that that's the interesting part about flow because it, it can connect a lot of cloud services and mm-hmm. it can integrate across the whole office 365 and, uh, and a lot of the azure services as well and if you haven't starting for your listeners side to look at flow just have a look on all, all the templates i believe there's over a thousand of templates wow. in, in there already so yeah. it can definitely do a lot of things and if you don't find a template that kind of works for you you can create your own flow mm-hmm. so uh, it, it, if, to me that seems like some powerful add-ons that you put on top of these collaboration tools in Office 365, like the OneDrive for Business and, of course, your Outlook. Yeah, you know, and again, you're getting into this whole aspect of, okay, you moved your mail to the cloud, but you're really taking advantage of the subscription you own between OneDrive, between Flow, like just this ability to automate and simplify the day-to-day work. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Yeah. So it's an interesting array of things and it's yeah, it's like what it's almost overwhelming. There's so much in Office 365. It's like, what should I do next that, that has the biggest impact on me? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it almost seems like there. Whenever you log on, there's uh, some new new features and new templates or whatever put, yeah. put up to Office 365 that you can start using it. Let's say in Flow or the other tools that you start working with. It's kind of constant. So that's definitely a great benefit because there are so many changes, so many new features. But but yeah, with all these constant changes, it requires you to keep up to date to actually get the full benefit of all these tools. It's very challenging. Peter, give us one moment for this very important message. Managing document problems with OneDrive for Business is a great start, but your endpoints need more power. You've got hundreds or thousands of desktops to manage, then what's the best way to manage your Windows clients? With group policy and mobile device management, of course, and the added superpowers of Policy Pack. Configure and lock down settings for browsers in Java, elevate standard user rights when needed, and manage the heck out of Windows 10 file associations and the start menu. If you haven't looked at Policy Pack, and you have more than 20 domain-joined or non-domain-joined machines, then you're missing out. Check out Policy Pack at policypack.com for real-world problem-solving demos, plus a way for you to try it out yourself. Policy Pack Software, securing your standards. And we're back. Richard Campbell here at Run As Radio, talking to Peter Schmidt about taking advantage of the cool stuff tied in with OneDrive Business and Office 365. Next tool, next capability that, you know, we get beyond flow and into what? Yeah, well, one of the interesting parts that it's just recently came to OneDrive for mm-hmm. Business is, uh, is the files restore feature. File restore. Yeah, restore. Mm-hmm. Because that, for some organizations, might have been one of the pain points with OneDrive for Business. You have the 
versioning, as I mentioned earlier, where you can have up to 30 versions of, of your office documents. Right. But I have also seen cases as with customers who has been hit with something like ransomware. Right. And these ransomware actually target some of these systems because they know you have 13 versions of your documents. So they t- tend to override or re-encrypt them more than 30 times. Repeatedly to make sure they run out all the backup stats. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and then you're left basically with nothing or only encrypted files, right? Right. But Microsoft put out this neat new feature that I believe they announced it at Ignite and uh, they finished rolling it out, I believe, to all tenants here in February. So it's actually a quite new feature. And you might not have seen it in your OneDrive for business because it's hidden a bit under the settings. So it's, if it's not a tool that you have actually been looking for or needed to use, mm-hmm. you might not have noticed. With the files restore, you actually get the possibility directly in your own OneDrive for Business to be able to restore back to a certain point in time Nice with your documents. And you can go back like 30 days back. So now it's not number of uh, file versions, it's number of days. And that's somewhat easier to recover from in a ransomware scenario. Exactly. So if you knew you had a version of a certain document that at least worked or mm-hmm. seven days ago, you go seven days back and you have your documents again. That's awesome. And that's a great defeat for ransomware. It is. And especially with this feature where it's kind of a self-service for the end user. Right. So it's something the end user do themselves. If yeah. they kind of feel they need some older documents to be restored, they can do it themselves instead of taking resources from IT or the IT has to maybe create support takers with Microsoft support. And as we all know, time time goes and it might yeah, take no. a long time to actually get things restored. And that's direct productivity. It is. So, you know, the faster they can get to the file they need, the better off you are. And, and it's Cuts down on the ceremony of something like SharePoint. Like I like that SharePoint maintains versioning and so forth and certainly creates some ransomware resistance in that respect as well. But that's a lot of ceremony just for versioning. To have it just a natural part of, of OneDrive, that's really powerful. It is. And I also believe that uh, this is one of the major great features that we have seen on, mm-hmm. on OneDrive for at least over a year or so. That and, uh, and the files on demand feature were definitely two features that I was looking forward to on uh, OneDrive for Business. Yeah. Speaking of other sort of interesting tools that are only in Office 365, do you deal with Delve at all? Yeah, not, not that much. Mm-hmm. Use it in my daily work, though. Really? I, yeah. I find it a great tool to get the overview of documents available to me right. in, the, in the organization. So for that, I, I find it the go-to place, basically. How do you describe Delve to people who don't know what it is? Oh, how do you describe it? You probably describe it sort of, of a hub of information mm-hmm. where it kind of it, it ties into the whole Office 365 graph and the whole Office 365 workloads. Yeah. I, I mean, I love this idea that it could pick up on the fact that two people are working on the same document whether they know each other or are aware of each other or not, that it just sort of has mm. this ability to see relationships going on and go, hey, you should probably know this. Yeah, that, that's true. You can see recent documents that you have been working on in like a shared SharePoint mm-hmm. group or whatever. And you can see who of your colleagues who updated their documents last and so on. Right. And if there has been any newer changes or updates to certain documents that you might tend to work on a lot or have worked on a lot in the past, Mm -hmm. that definitely gives you a great overview. And these are all things we could have done with source control and diligence 
But having automation around it just makes it that less painful. It's a lot easier to use, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Because it's just a web browser like everyone is using daily, right? Mm -hmm. So logging into the portal of Office 365, and if, if you tend to have Delve as part of your subscription and, and use that portal, well, it gives you a lot of information. Yeah, no, very, very cool. What about the external sharing stuff? I think it's always a challenge when you want to go outside of your org with a particular doc. Yeah, uh, that's true. We, we touched based on it a little earlier. Mm -hmm. It's true. There, there are different possibilities for the end users if they want to do the sharing. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's also something the IT admin will some have a say in what Right. They want the users to be able to share. Yeah. And of, of course, as the IT admin, you are able to actually control that to the OneDrive admin center, which is also something that Microsoft has put a more and more work into as an admin working with OneDrive or want to push out the OneDrive workload to your end users. That is the place to, to have a look because you can handle most of your settings for your organization in, in just one admin center. Sure, yeah. But if we go back to the external sharing part, mm -hmm. let's say an org who has put no limitations on how people want to share data. As the end user, I can easily choose if I just want to share a folder or a file to uh, anyone internally in my corporation. And if I did that and did updates to it, that will automatically show up in Delve for my colleagues who use Delve if they tend to either follow me in Delve or work on similar documents and information. We also have the possibility of doing external sharing where we uh, can choose either to use an email address if we really want to have a say and control on what we actually share the documents with. Right. Or we can choose maybe do an anonymous links or, and, and put an expiration date on it. Yeah, and I do like that idea of just, you know, you could set a rule around as an admin to say, you can share, you know, out of this folder, but it only lasts 30 days. Yeah. So, at least I find it just people pile up these old shares and they never clean them up. So, having tooling that just cleans it up for you, just life is better. I think after a few days or maybe a week, people tend to forget they actually put something in there and shared some data with, with some external. So it is great, especially for the organization and the admin, that you can limit and say, well, the default setting is, let's say, 30 days, right. and it will expire automatically after that. Right. And and just not have a no-expire option. It's just like, no, this has to end at some point. Otherwise, it needs to be a different deal. Yeah, otherwise it's, it kind of might be one of those features that kind of run loose and suddenly your organization has shared a ton of different stuff with sure. a lot of external people, right? Well, and, and just from an audit perspective, if you don't have those things cleaning up automatically, the what it takes to clean it up by hand, it's a huge amount of time. You just, you just want to know that's old, it dies automatically, and only the current things are important enough to really look at. Yeah, exactly. And, and and combined with the sharing and all that, we, of course, also have the uh, data loss prevention features mm -hmm. in Office 365. So if you are an organization work with some kind of classification or of documents that you don't want your end users to share to the, uh, to the outside or to external partners, you can set up cer certain DLP rules like... Let's take the obvious like credit cards or social security numbers and, mm -hmm. and so on. And um, of course, you don't want people to share things like that. So you can put up DLP rules like we know from Exchange. And quite similar rules in Office 365 will work for, for OneDrive for business as well. It's awesome. 
and it's actually embedded in the file itself. So you could, even if you somehow got a copy out of context, you can't open it without being able to check their credentials properly. Now I think we're moving more and more towards the information rights management features as well where you can definitely do some tight lockdowns. So even if, if they get the documents out of the organization, people can really use them because they need some credentials to open them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we, I think we did a show a while back on that, and we were talking about this is not just Office files. It works on PDFs too. Like the Adobe Reader complies as well. Yeah, I believe, I believe it does, yeah. It's cool to just think about that, that, that you can actually lock down files that well now, or even give them short duration. Like, yeah, you can have a copy of this file, you can read it, but 30 days from now, you won't be able to open it anymore. Yeah, exactly. And that definitely tightens security around your data. And as we tend to see more and more, it's, it's also the sort of data classification mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you want to put on. You don't want to force someone to have an account on your system just to have access to that file, to be able to separate that so that external people don't need any more privileges than are absolutely required. No, it's easier if you can just share, share with ex- external people and basically use, sort of sign it up with their credentials. Awesome stuff. Yeah. All right, my friend, that's good stuff. Any other uh, key features, things you really like in this space? What else grabs your attention in Office 365? Well, uh, at the moment, it is the the OneDrive and Exchange. I do a lot of work with, mm-hmm. though. But, but of course, with the GDPR coming up and all that, we tend to look more into the security features that people want to get implemented as well. Yep, just more granular security capabilities, like being able to detail all those things. Yeah. And being able to administer them from above. You don't have to go to everybody's accounts to do it all. That, that is true. So from from that, we go more and more into the EMS suite of enterprise security products. But that definitely, I guess we could do a whole podcast on some of these products, but there are definitely some great products like the cloud app security and, and other stuff that that gives you a, a completely new overview of, of your data and how it's used in, in your organization. Absolutely. Yeah. Very. So uh, that is a whole other show, my friend, I'm sure. <laughs> talking through the infosec around all of that and and you know it's one thing to just lock everything up but it is that just enough access that is uh, the challenging parts there it is and uh, i believe that you want to run for business uh, definitely more or less out of the box it goes mm-hmm. a long way to give you all that in a secure way an easy way for the end users to to use awesome so what's coming up next for you any conferences we can see you at you're going to be at ignite yeah, I, uh, I plan on the Ignite in the fall, yes. Oh, yeah. Probably also one of the tech summits coming up in the in the spring in Stockholm. Oh, yeah. So a few shows and obviously your blog at msdigest.net. Yep. Anything else? Not that I can recall right now. I'm still uh, digesting all the information from the MVP summit last <laughs> week, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we have to live under the NDA of what's coming up next and we can't talk about it yet versus what's already out. Uh, that is true. Yeah. There are times when it gets confusing. Like, I'm not sure what's under and what's up. But uh, yeah, it's, a, it's always fun. It's cool to know in advance and then see the stuff ship and, and you're ready to go on it. It is. And, uh, and also the interactions with the product group and all that. That's great. part of the MVP community. Absolutely. Peter Schmidt, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio. Mm-hmm.